Welcome back, everyone, to Patriot to the Core podcast. I am Thad Forster, your host, and I sincerely thank you once again for listening to me this week. Uh, my guest is Mr. Mark Lauren, who was an Air Force combat controller. And several years ago, I picked up his book called You Are Your Own Gym. And I quickly realized what a great workout I can get in, in just by using my own body weight. So we maybe throw in a, a phone book or two and a dumbbell, and you can really just get an incredible workout, even in a very small physical space. And this is important because I, I do travel for work as well, and so I don't always have to have like a I don't have to have a gym at the at the hotel. I can get plenty of uh, a great workout in my hotel room. But we talk about his time, his philosophies on training. Uh, we don't talk about diet that much. Uh, we talk about how his philosophies have changed over the years and um, also his, his, his Air Force career slot, just a little bit, mostly his, his early on training. He entered the combat control pipeline in great physical shape and uh, in the swimming portion of the pipeline, he actually was failed uh, by like one or two sit-ups because his hands were too high on his head or something ridiculous like that. And he had to go back and start over that portion. Uh, with a with a more junior team, and so he he seriously considered quitting because that was a just a, already a smoker anyway that that portion, and uh, but he said he, he went through again. It was it was easier the second time, he made it, and uh, then he ended up becoming an instructor in the pipeline. And he was it, it was the period where he was training our guys to get them ready to deploy to Afghanistan and Iraq because this was now in uh, like 2001 and then 2002. And so he developed a, a, a workout program for them, and, and you know he said they were they were stronger, they were uh, in much better shape. And uh, he some of his philosophies are like you know he's he's um, he he works on developing skills, not muscle. And uh, he just says performance is best measured in efficiency. And we talk a lot about mo- locomotion, about movement on the ground, getting from the ground to standing upright. Uh, the guy has done some, you know, kind of some crazy things in his life too, with his jujitsu and his MMA fighting and his Thai boxing, and and uh, he got his jaw broken. Uh, he, he got in the ring one time in, in a boxing match in Thailand when he wasn't prepared, and and it, it cost him his wire getting wired, his mouth getting wired shut for a little while. So I hope you enjoy this time with Mark. If you, when you, he's got plenty of videos online, and you'll see this his website in the show notes, and he's got a YouTube channel. And um, you'll you'll I think you'll be impressed by his body. It's a it's a pretty uh, perfect specimen, I would say, and I mean that in the most heterosexual way possible. Okay, well, Mark Lauren, welcome to Patriots of the Core. Appreciate you joining me today. My pleasure. Uh, I wanted to before we get into you know your book, you are your own gym, and I know you've got some other things out there too. But I wanted to talk about your time in the military and maybe go back to the early days of. I'm wondering because right now you're in, you seem to be in tip-top shape. What kind of shape physically were you in when you joined the Air Force? I was I was in I was in good shape when I joined the Air Force. I was in, I was in um, really good shape. I mean, I had uh, I had wrestled in high school and um, just so right after wrestling season ended, um, before the end of the year, I also competed then in uh, in my high school's bodybuilding show. Where I won, uh, where I won the overall division. So, uh, uh, and then I think I had something like eight months to prepare for the special operations community, where I really started like doing a lot of the uh, the water work. So I, I, I was probably physically as ready as I could have been. All right. So were you were you above or were you ahead of the other people early on in the pipeline when you started? Physically, absolutely, yeah. Physically, I, I was, I was, I was, I went in really strong. So, uh, um, yeah, my calisthenics were were really solid. Um, I could run. I couldn't, I couldn't fin swim. You know, you put those rocket fins on me, and I felt like I was going backwards. Um, but I, you know, the thing, to be totally honest, the thing that failed me um, completely, I think, was. Uh, just sort of the um, the the work ethic and leadership and, and like some of the communication skills that I think uh, a lot of the kids that kind of grow up in suburbia America um, are lacking and that probably like more like the farm boys would would uh, have a better hold of. So were you a, a suburban kid? Yeah, I, I was. Um, luckily, you know, my my saving grace was really the, the fact that I wasn't I, I wasn't spectacular physical condition. 
uh, which which allowed me kind of like um, the time I needed to to catch up with with the other skills, um, which I'd mainly say was just um, you know leadership and communication and things like that. So, how did you get in? Like, what was your workout regimen like in high school, and how did you learn to do what you did then at the young age? Um, I, I started with Cal. Well, I ran a little track um, in in middle school and. Um, I think, I mean, even in middle school without ever even running, um, track, I mean, going out for the, the track team in the sixth and seventh grade, I would, I would get into the five minute miles without any kind of real preparation. So, um, I, I think genetically I, I was, I was blessed in some ways, but then, um, Doing track, I learned about basically strength training and doing calisthenics. Um, and, I, and I started when I was 12 years old and I never stopped, you know. So by the time I was, uh, you know, before I was 13, I had done over 600 nonstop sit-ups and, um, and I could knock out about 100 push-ups, good push-ups. Um, and that was just from like doing stuff next to my bed at night. Um, I, I wrestled in high school, like I said. And, uh, and, once I was a teenager, I got into lifting weights. So even as a teenager, I could bench press twice my body weight. Um, and so I think I would eat like a madman. And I don't think I ever got up above 158 pounds. Um, but I, I was benching 315 and I had a good squat and deadlift and all that. Um, and I, I guess because my pound for pound weight um, strength was, was, was pretty good, um, I could still run. So I could run two miles and uh, – under 12 minutes, which, you know, for the, for that kind of strength was pretty good. Dang. So your the career in the air force as a combat controller is very demanding. Will you just describe what, what kind of things y'all did? And uh, because I know your book talks about it and I would like to maybe even pull up a few specifics if you don't talk about it with all the pull-ups and sit-ups mm -hmm. and push-ups, but what was it like? What was, um, the, the training like? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the pipeline. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I guess um, the thing that pro that stands out the most to me was at the time, pararescuemen and combat controllers went to the indoctrination course, which uh, which was ten weeks long, nine nine to ten weeks long, um, and and it's a volunteer career field, so it's one of those deals where you can at any time um, quit and take a break, and not you can't take a break, but you can stop. Uh, whatever event you're in, middle of an event, especially at the pool, and the instructors will say, all right, get out of the pool, go to the locker room, and you can go eat pizza in your room. We'll find you another career field. Um, and it was, I mean, so those first 10 weeks were extremely challenging in that you didn't really need to be there, and they did not do a great job of educating you about what the career field was was about to begin with. You know, so I, I think one of the things that uh, is probably still kind of lacking is that, like, the kids a lot of times up front don't have a super strong reason for, for enduring the things that they're going through because you have, like, these mission statements and these other things that kind of describe what the career field is about, and it's sort of meaningless. And I, I remember it was, like, a combat controller's mission was, like, to deploy to areas of forward operations by various means to establish assault zones, and I was like, I could recite it, but I had no idea what it meant, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then you're getting up at four in the morning, you're PTing, you're, you know, you're doing um, massive amounts of calisthenics all day long, you're running, um, and then and then after lunch, they take you to the pool, and that's really where it starts to get ugly. Um, and every single event, um, which might be swimming 50 meters underwater, or buddy breathing or tying knots. Um, they had all sorts of different events. Um, every single event was a go, no go criteria where you either had to complete the event successfully, um, exactly the way you're supposed to do it, or, um, you could quit or you would pass out trying, in which case they would pull you out of the pool. Um, they probably didn't have to revive you because you don't start trying to suck in, suck in water for, I don't know, like 60 seconds or something like that. I've actually never seen anybody pass out underwater um, and actually need to be resuscitated. And I've seen a bunch of dudes pass out underwater. Um, so they just pull you out of the pool and you automatically start breathing on your own again. Um, and once you do, you're kind of out, out of it. You're pale. You're blue-lipped. You're dreaming about like dwarfs and all kinds of other weird stuff. And suddenly you're, you're laying on the side of the pool. 
Um, and they ask you, are you all right? And you say, who ya, Sergeant? And they say, all right, get your ass back in the pool and do it again. You didn't finish it. <laughs> and and you'd, be, you'd be faced with those exact same options again. And so every single event was go, no, go. And obviously, whenever you screwed up an event to do it again, it got harder and harder and harder. And that's really, really where you saw a lot of guys quit. You know, like they were, they'd be out in the middle of the pool. You weren't allowed to grab the side of the pool to rest or anything. Um, and let's take like knot tying or ditch and don. Um, between tries, you're treading water. So if you screwed it up, um, you're coming up to the surface and you got to do it again. But now you're more fatigued and you're getting more and more fatigued um, with every second that passes as you're treading water. Um, and so, I mean, to basically, I guess, describe that first 10 weeks of training, the the, um, the indoctrination course, I would say more than anything, it just uh, it taught you to kind of like get control of yourself. And to, to like, just to kind of commit to things um, and try to do them right the first time, you know, and, and to not worry about things that aren't within your control, which is an important lesson in life, I think. Yeah. So you had a, a setback and, and you had to, you got sent back to a junior class or something. Well, what happened there? And I'm wondering how you, like mentally, how you dealt with that. Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Not really well. Uh, I didn't like it. I wasn't happy about it. And I, I guess I kind of had it coming. Um, they, they, you were allowed a certain, you were allowed to miss each event a certain number of times. And I think it was each event, like each run session, each cal session, each pool session, you were allowed to miss twice, right? Because guys would sometimes have to go to sick call. And, uh, and I was gaming it basically, like making sure I missed every single event two times by going to sick call. Um, and you know, like my thinking was like, Hey, uh, if those are the rules, those are the rules. Um, I'm going to take advantage of them. But one of the instructors didn't like that. <clears throat> and he counted my sit-ups back to back on back to back weeks. Um, and basically if you failed the same event on two back to back weeks, then you, um, you fail the course and they might give you the option to, 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 to try it again. Um, so, they, so, but, uh, you know, counting calisthenics, it's not no matter how objective you make anything in written black or white text, it never really is objective, you know. So it was like, hey, uh, those didn't count, those didn't count, those didn't count. Your hands are too high up on your head. Oh, okay, so they're here. And it's like, hey, uh, those didn't count. You're not coming up high enough, and it's because basically, like, my feet were too close to my butt, so I couldn't come up that much further, which actually makes it harder. So, anyways, um, the 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 eighth week, he failed me by two reps. Then that uh, the following week, the last evaluation. So it was the last event before I graduated, um, the final day of training, and uh, and he failed me by one sit up. Uh, and I and I had I had to start the entire course over. Of course, I had the option to quit, and I I seriously considered it, um, but you know, fortunately that I, I, that didn't happen. So yeah, so I just had to do the course again. It was much easier the second time. What did you tell yourself when he when he made when you found out you had to start over? Um, when I got when I failed, I, it felt surreal to be honest. Like I didn't really think that uh, they were gonna fail me <laughs> for it. Um, and I and I think part of it too had a lot to do with the fact that I came in really strong, uh, much stronger than most kids. And uh, but sort of like in some ways I was. Uh, I was lacking, you know, like the things that I talked about, basically like uh, some leadership and communication skills. Um, and so I guess that was just their way of kind of like making sure that I felt the same pain that everybody else felt. So it kind of did it humble you a little bit. Is that what they were trying to do? Yeah, maybe. Right. And uh, and it certainly did. Um, and, I, and it definitely worked out for the better. And there, there was a really valuable lesson in that and, uh, you know, things that we kind of judge as being good or bad now um, often turn into circumstances that later are for the better or the worse. So who knows, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, um, you never kind of, you, you never really know how things are going to turn out. Um, I ended up having a great team leader that second time around and uh, he, he was a, a young captain, well, a 30 year old captain out of the Air Force Academy. Um, and I just, I learned a lot underneath his uh, mentorship. Well, how did you incorporate your your philosophy 
on training and working out into your you know your time while you were in the pipeline or or, or did you even at that point <clears throat> no i didn't um because they, they basically tell you what to do and once i was on a team um or it isn't until you're on a team and the entire training pipeline takes about um two years before you're really deployable um and uh, until you get to that point um a lot of your pt is is dictated by the cadre obviously so uh but once I got on a team, it was uh, just calisthenics, weightlifting, and uh, running and swimming. But uh, I, I think what what I so like my my whole philosophy on fitness now it has like really drastically been changing over the years. I mean, I'm learning a lot as I go along. Even now, you know, 27, I'm 40 now, so 27 years after I've, I've I started training when I was 12, uh, I'm still learning a lot. And honestly, like I've probably learned a lot more the last five years than um, during any other period. So your book, "You Are Your Own Gym," came out in 2010. Is that right? Yeah, self-published in 2010, and before getting picked up by Random House. All right. So what 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 have has your philosophy changed in what ways <laughs> since even then? Because I got the yeah. book right after it came out. I think I mm -hmm. got it in 2010 sometime. Um, I, I guess what I really noticed, especially going into the special operations community um, and then continuing to do martial arts, like I went to Thailand to, to compete um, in Thai boxing professionally, and um, I did some half Ironman triathlons and a lot of other sports. I did jiu-jitsu and MMA and a lot of these different things. Um, and then just professionally, uh, move, shoot, communicate type, type things. I guess what I <clears throat> the lesson that I kept learning over and over and over again is that that incredible amount of time and energy that I was committing to exercise in the gym and things like that, or just committing to exercise in general, it was not really improving my performance that much with real sports or, you know, really useful activities in daily life, like throwing a ruck on your back and being able to walk. <clears throat> I mean, you'll see that a lot of times. Like you go to the, you, you see these guys that they got muscles and they're lean, they got six packs or whatever. But they're incredibly unathletic. It's like mm -hmm. a lot of times those are like those are the least athletic guys you, you run into. You know, like when it comes to doing some real work, you know, like maybe like building a fence or moving furniture or whatever, or playing a real sport or like swimming or whatever. Like those are the guys like basically like all that time and energy that they're um, committing to the gym um, is is kind of like a hindrance in real life and. Um, and you, I guess you, you develop a lot of like postural habits and movement patterns that they're good for the gym, but they're not good anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, so for example, like, um, and without getting too, uh, much into, um, like this fitness geek stuff, for example, like externally rotating your hips all the time, uh, may be good for a, a heavy barbell squat, um, because of like how it lines up your joints and all that. But, you know, rotating your hips outwards isn't really great for any other activity like walking, sprinting, um, throwing a ball. You know, you see that these big, these bodybuilders and powerlifters and, and, and they're duck walking, right? Uh, rather than having everything lined up where it's, it's just more efficient and straight. Um, so, so at the time, like in 2010, when, when I, um, when I, published my my first book um people started referring to me as this functional training expert and i remember at that time really thinking to myself i was driving down the street here in tampa and things she's like you know mark you got to be really honest with yourself and like the thing you know probably is that like you don't really know any you don't really know that much you know like who so i was wondering like how do i become like how do i become this expert that 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 everybody thinks I am. Um, and that those were kind of like my thoughts back in 2010. Um, and I started asking myself, like, who really has the answers? And I started looking around, and really what I found is that I didn't really find anybody that had, like, really a solution to the fact that exercising just makes you good at exercising. It doesn't really make you good at anything else a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think, like, the real riddle lies in that, basically, that, um, you only get good at what you do. 
You know, so like, let's say you want to get good at, at um, playing the viola. What do you have to do? You, you got to play the viola. Got to learn you, what a viola is, and then you got to play it. <laughs> yeah, or like let's like the piano. You, you got to play. If you want to be good at playing the piano, you got to play the piano. If you want to get good at throwing high kicks, you got to throw high kicks. If you want to get good at throwing a ball, you have to a football. You have to throw football, right? Don't throw a baseball. Don't train the muscles that you use during throwing. Throw a ball. Um, just like when you play the piano. Uh, you're not going to like to get good at playing the piano. You're not going to train the same muscles that you use while playing the piano and expect to get better at playing the piano. It sounds ridiculous, right? But that's kind of what we're doing in the fitness and, and even the rehabil rehabilitation industry is that we're too focused on the muscles that we use instead of the actual specific movements that are useful to us. Um, yeah, so what did you start doing or how did you change? Right, so um, so th – it took years, but um, I thought you already had a pretty good thing going. So I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see now what you're. I mean, I, I was on the right track at that time. So, so um, you are your own gym with the exercises it has in it, bodyweight exercises. It was on the right track, and that um, bodyweight exercise is is uh, with exercise with my exercise selection was less specialized than, for example, powerlifting and things like that. Um, so. You know, at a minimum, like if you if you get good at bodyweight exercise, um, you, you're at least getting good at using your actual body. You know, rather than getting good at um, like moving machines around and stuff like that. But so the the real thing is, your adaptation is really specific. So if you want to get good at something, something you have to do that specific thing. So in, when we have an exercise program with the intention of generally preparing us for life, which could be who knows what, then basically what we have to do is we have to identify what the fundamental skills, what are the fundamental athletic skills that are always in use? And those are the things that we focus on and train. Um, so, for example, like if we go back to playing instruments, um, if I told you, hey, in, in three months from now, you have to learn to play and it's like some random instrument as quickly as you possibly can, but you, but you don't know what that instrument is. What could you do now to start preparing for that, right? Mm, yeah. And the answer is you could start you could you could start learning the fundamentals of music that you would use for any instrument, right? Like like reading notes, like rhythm, like tones, um, breathing techniques or whatever, like sitting with good posture. Um, and of course, w then when it comes time to like, I hand you some random p uh, piece of equipment, it's going to be much easier for you to learn that instrument because the fundamentals are already in place. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just like with math, like you're going to have to specialize in some, um, um, topic of, of mathematics, but you don't know which a good thing for you to start doing now would be to brush up on your fundamentals. And it's the same with athletic ability. So, so I mean, so basically, like the next question is like, what are those fundamentals, and how do you train them? But that's that. So that's the direction that my whole thinking on fitness has went. It's like learning anything else. Yeah. So you talked about, or you told me earlier about you being more efficient. Isn't that something you've kind of been focused on too? <clears throat> yeah. More efficient workouts. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's another really big component that's uh, uh, missing in the fitness industry. Is that performance is more is most closely related to uh, to efficiency. So basically, like if you want to get better at something, a really easy way to do that is to just stop doing things that you don't need to be doing, um, so that you can basically get the most with the least. And uh, and I think one of the problems with with our approach to fitness now is that we're very focused on on muscles and burning calories. Right. So we'll take these movements and we tense our muscles as much as we can while we're doing them. Um, and basically, like, because we want to burn as many calories as we can and we want to, like, build build muscles. But what that does is it just makes us really inefficient in daily life because because we're creatures of habit. You know, so when you exercise, just like when you play a sport or when you're going through daily life. You want to do those things and stay as relaxed as possible. You want to learn. You, you want to get in the habit of making everything as easy as it possibly can be, right? Like, what are the easiest solutions for anything? 
Um, and, and the way we approach fitness is very opposite of that. And that's why that's another reason people tend to become so unathletic. They're just tense and inefficient. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it in that depth anyway. I was just going to say, if you look at our best athletes, um, they're, they're, they're the ones that are the most relaxed. They're, they're efficient. They're always in the correct position. Um, they just don't waste energy. So what are some specifics that you do and that you teach to be efficient and to be more, more, uh, have natural movements? So I think, um, like what are the fundamentals of, of athleticism? Um, the, so the, the basic, the most fundamental moves that, so you, you could basically ask, what movements do you need in order to survive? You know, and I, and I think I think it's the movements that we learn first in life and that we tend to lose last in life. Um, isolated functions of the joints, lateral rolling on the ground, um, transitioning between between lying, um, crawling, kneeling, and standing positions, and then locomotion, basically getting from one place to another. So the 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 basis of all athleticism is is really being able to get from one place to another. And that starts on the ground. So um, spending a lot of time on the ground, um, learning transitions between lying, um, kneeling, and standing positions is a great way to build athletic ability. Um, and, and some like a, a, and basically like the way we the way humans generate force, it's typically with 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 a weight shift and then rotation around the spine. Like that's how we walk. That's how we run. There's weight shifting right from left to right and forward. Um, and then there's that sort of like contralateral hip and shoulder movement. Even if I'm throwing a ball, there's a weight shift and rotation around the spine. If I throw a punch, again, there's a weight shift. And let's say I'm like an orthodox fighter and I throw a straight right. That would be contralateral coordination. Um, and, and the basis of that athletic ability is learned as a child on the ground. So I think that those are the most useful things for us to practice. What what role does stretching play in what you do? Um, stretching is good. Um, it, it depends. For for most Westerners, it's it's extremely important because we sit in chairs all day. Um, and basically, um, in order for us to be efficient, in order for us to perform properly, we need to be able to get into the right positions, and we want to be able to do that um, with the least amount of resistance possible. So um, stretching is great in that it, it helps you get into the positions that you need to be able to get into um, with without basically fighting yourself. It's great. I mean, most people, it's it's great to stretch and it's going to help you to relax. Um, and a really simple way to stretch is just to spend more time on the floor. Hmm. So rather you don't, than you don't yeah. do any specific stretching before po pre or post workout. Is it just something you always? I don't know. You, it's, you've incorporated it into your daily routine anyway. Yeah, I do now. I used to not do it, and uh, I think it's. I think it depends on um, the, the the person, but I think the more strength training you do, uh, you know, like I, I I've gotten back into uh, barbell lifts in the last I think year and a half uh, or free weights, and uh, and. The more strength training I do, especially now that I'm 40, um, I basically like I need to spend I need to spend a few hours a week stretching. But uh, wh what I really do in order to uh, stay, I guess as as mobile as possible, is I, I spend a lot of time sitting on the ground. I even sleep on the floor a lot, and just because it forces me to get up and down off the ground. Do you make yourself stay on your back when you sleep on the floor, or do you roll on your side, or what? No, I roll. I'm rolling around on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I I've done that. Years. I've done that in periods of my life where I just, you know, I, well, I guess the longest I've done is uh -huh. two months straight. I slept on the floor, but I, okay. I made myself stay on my back. Oh, okay. For, for because it's, for some reason I thought if I laid on my side, it would make my spine crooked or something. But that was that was twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah, it's natural, obviously, for us to sleep on the floor, um, and and I think a hard floor actually. Is, it, it forces you to move around because it's not that comfortable, and it uh, and it, it, it massages you at the same time, you know, because mm -hmm. a massage is nothing other than pressure. 
Well, I, there's something I forgot to ask you earlier, so this is kind of a little bit of a backtrack, but when you were still in the Air Force, you you became an instructor, I guess, for the combat control pipeline. Yes. Is that right? Uh-huh. So I heard that, you know, some some other instructors or somebody found out about somehow you incorporated your workout regimen into the training somehow. I mean, how did that work out and what did you do? Oh, so, um, so I was a, I was part of the cadre at the, um, at air traffic control school. I didn't teach air traffic control. Basically, before our students went to uh, ATC, um, we would handle all their physical training to prepare them for scuba school and all those other um, really physically demanding um, schools. Uh, I got to my duty station at Keesler Air Force Base for that assignment September 16th or something like that. It was right. It was right after September 11th. Um, and I, I, I got my, my assignment something like, uh, September 6th of 2001. Um, and obviously the demand for special operations troops was, was suddenly a lot higher. And they started telling us like, Hey, like, you got to train these guys. You can't just like make these guys try to quit. So w- what I did was, um, I actually created structured training programs. So rather than we used to just have, it would say like calisthenics or pool. And then the instructor, like whoever happened to be on the on the schedule, would go to the pool or do calisthenics. And he would just randomly do whatever he wanted, and he would do it like make it as hard as he would just turn it into the biggest suck fest he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like real; there was no real training structure or program to it. And uh, at the, at the time, I was still pretty young, my mid twenties, but I had enough experience to know that um, like getting anybody past the intermediate levels as far as performance, like you have to start you have to start exercise programming properly, you know, like how you structure, um, stress application and then, and then, um, recovery, um, becomes more important, more important as, as an athlete advances. So over the three and a half months that I had these students, um, I had everything written out as far as, um, exactly the amount of everything was detailed from beginning to end. There was, there was none of that. Every guy's just going to show up and do whatever he wants. Um, and, and it was, incredibly informing to me in that um we basically had 16 guys staying with us we had 16 new guys arriving every six weeks and they would stay for three and a half months and they had monthly evaluations um we had folders for every students they had to go to bed on a certain at a certain time wake up at a certain time three mandatory meals so it was highly structured i mean it was information that you would never get in any kind of like scientific study even um, and I was there for three and a half years, gathering all this information and tweaking my exercise programs. Were the meals? Did you specify how many calories or break it down now, into fat or anything like that? No, I mean we would give them um, we would give them a, a nutrition briefing at, when they first arrived, and then we just said you had to go to the chow hall and eat. It was it five days a week they had to train. Five days a week. That's right. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Uh, my brother told me he he burned so many calories during the week. On the weekends, he would come to, sometimes come stay with me, and he would. He said all I want to do is eat and sit and watch TV, and he didn't feel bad about <laughs> yeah. it because he burned. You so know what? Much. And that's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is a specific uh, workout that maybe uh, I don't know? Did you did you break it up into certain body types like the standard? Back no. and buys, chest and tries, or had it push pull, or what did you do? So I think um, I think one one thing too that I'm not into at all anymore um, is categorizing. I think categorizing workouts um, and movements should be more um, based on developing certain skills rather than developing certain muscles. Um, so I, there wasn't like a back and buys workout or anything like that. It, it was, um, I mean, uh, most of it was skill based. It would be obstacle course running. It would be fin swimming. Um, it would be, it'd be rucking or, or, um, long distance running. Um, sometimes it would just be, it would be calisthenics, but it was all just structured in a way so that there was a gradual progression of, of difficulty with, with periodic offloading. Um, yeah. So the, 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 I mean, it, it, it was a pretty complex exercise program. It would take me forever to kind of describe it. But we had we had kettlebells in there. We had barbell lifts in there. Um, 
Obviously, we had we had bodyweight exercises, running, swimming, rucking, obstacle course. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it. And but every 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 day um, for the entire three and a half months was uh, really it was very clearly structured. What was the feedback that you got, not only from the students, you know, but also from maybe um, other instructors or, or your superiors or people who had, were watching from the outside? Um, well, I, I never asked the students if they liked it or not, but uh, um, but the, the their physical performance was spectacular. It was, um, I mean, so, and I, I was an instructor that that told them what to do. Um, the 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 school, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the classes where where I was the proctor, um, I did every single event with them, you know. So um, even when 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 they they screwed something up and I made them do push-ups and a bunch of flutter kicks or eight-count bodybuilders, I would actually get down and do it with them because my thinking was that you know like um, they're my students, um, I'm the I'm I'm the trainer, I'm the leader, um, it's my failure. <clears throat> so, but I remember. Um, they got in fantastic shape, and I think it was the first time I really set I put that complete program together and ran through it with the class. Um, I came back from we 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 ran three miles um, in about eighteen and a half minutes, and then that was the entire the entire class ran it at that pace. Um, then we did like a ladder workout for pull ups where I where I did something like fifty five pull ups in total within a, within a short amount of time like ten minutes, um, and then I bench pressed two twenty five for sixteen reps immediately after that. Um, so we were in good shape. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and I think I weighed one hundred and fifty six pounds. <laughs> well, um, a a former combat controller told me they called you cyborg. Is that? Oh, that's old. Yeah. That yeah, I hadn't heard that in a long time. Yeah, you know Ish, I guess, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Ish told me that years ago. Wow. Actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's when I was going through as a student. <laughs> well, I have a. This is a very obvious question, but I want your take on it. Uh, I mean, why is it really important to be physically fit as a special operator? I think because for the same reason that it's um, important for anybody, except that it's just because your life kind of depend depends on it potentially. Um, I mean, even even for the average person, you never know what life's gonna throw at you. Um, you know, you never know. Like you could have you could have a child like trying to like run out into the street, and you got you know 15 meters to cover in the next few seconds, and you want to be able to do that. Um, or who knows, like you, Hurricane Katrina rolls in, you know, there, there's floods or, um, you're in Phuket, Thailand and, and a tsunami rolls in. Um, you just don't know what, what, what life is going to throw at you. And I, to, so to me, physical fitness is nothing other than physical preparedness. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I'm 40 as well. And I'm noticing now. I am stronger than I've ever been in my life, but I'm okay. also less limber, uh -huh. and I feel a little more awkward now doing certain things. Even like throwing a baseball, I got a I got a jacked up shoulder, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know I, I definitely don't recover as quickly, you know, from mm -hmm. workouts or uh, small injuries. But what can somebody like me, you know, I. I I mean, I do. I, I I exercise five days a week. It sometimes gets very routine. But yeah. what, what's the best thing for somebody like me to do to, to stay, and maybe to actually? Because I'm not looking to to enter a bodybuilding contest, but I want to. I want to feel good. And I want to be yep. strong, but I want to be a little more limber too. Mm. Uh, no, I get it. I mean, you want to you want to feel you want to feel good. Um, you you want to have performance to to match how you feel and. Uh, and let's keep it real. We all want to look good. You know, I think uh, reproduction is an important part of survival. <laughs> so, um, um, again, I, I think I think locomotion, um, getting from point A to point B, is one of the most important skills that that we it, fundamental skills that we need to practice. But uh, you know, so that that would obviously include walking. Like once you can't really walk anymore, that's a really bad place in your in your life to be. So uh, I walk like I, I walk for forty five minutes uphill on a treadmill today and then i went went and swam i consider swimming a form of locomotion which it is mm -hmm. um sprinting 
I, you know, I, I regularly go out and sprint 50, 100 meter sprints. Um, and sprinting requires a lot of flexibility and coordination, and that'll make you strong and improve your stamina. Um, you'll never meet a guy that's that has a fast hundred or four hundred meter um, run, and where you can say, yeah, he, he you know, he, he can run like a fifty second four hundred meter or whatever, but he's not athletic. Um, but I would I would also include, and I think this is really important. Um, transitions on the ground like just literally like I, I practice rolling on the ground so rolling from my back to my left side and then over my stomach to my right side just rolling back and forth from um, between different positions on the ground and then uh, and then practice transitioning to to kneeling and standing positions from 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 laying uh, positions um, so I have a whole certification program um, that I I've actually already introduced to uh, a rehabilitation center for handicapped kids at the University of Cologne in Germany, um, and, and, and they're using it. And basically what I'm teaching people is the absolute most efficient way to get up off the ground. Like what's the easiest solution to get off the ground? Um, and I've, that's kind of like – that's hard for me to describe here, but um, but I don't really think I need to. Like I think you could honestly – like you just start spending more time on the ground um, and over the months, your ability to stand up and get up and down off the ground is going to improve. And if you start including sprinting, um, some swimming and some climbing, you got a pretty good foundation for athletic ability. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. I, I've definitely never heard anyone talk about the the uh, efficient ways to get up off the ground and spending time on the ground. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of that. <laughs> yeah, like pay attention to how you stand up off the ground because I think what happens a lot of times uh, we go for speed. And, and we rely on our strength and we're like in this like muscle head mentality where we try to like – we use like really awkward hard movements just because they're hard, right? And that kind of makes us um, – but we forget we're creatures of habit. So like we're building in these bad movement patterns and I think – so working with people at assisted living facilities, um, I have a big interest in working with, with the elderly um, where they're basically like they're starting to lose these fundamental skills. Um, what I'm noticing is that it's so easy to teach them basically like how to roll again and how to stand up off the ground and how to walk without their crutches um, because it's not, the issue isn't truly muscular strength. Their lack of strength comes from a lack of coordination. And all you have to do is teach them specifically the easiest strategies in order to solve certain problems like how to roll and get up out of your bed so you can go to the bathroom at night um, and it goes really fast. One more thing, Mark, I wanted to ask you as we wrap it up. Uh, you you know you've been in because you've been involved in jujitsu and and um, shoot boxing and all kinds of things. I mean, what what is the craziest or most intense activity or sport that you've done or event? I don't know. Maybe you've maybe you've climbed Kilimanjaro or something. I don't know. Hmm. The most intense or uh, you know I, I think um, getting in those getting in the ring in Thailand is. Um, is kind of scary because just because the elbows and uh, so uh, I've my my first Thai boxing match um, my I was doing a lot of jujitsu and that and that place did some MMA um, but he my my coach basically asked me hey who wants to take this Thai boxing match um, and I raised my hand and he really shouldn't have done that because Thai boxing is is very unique because of because of the rules and some small changes in the rules will kind of like they totally change the dynamics of a fight. Long story short, I got my jaw broken in that fight and I had my, my jaw wired shut for six weeks. Um, and I dropped like 144 pounds and I had to suck, I had to suck uh, all my food through my teeth. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I continued boxing and I, and I actually went to Thailand after that um, and, and fought a few more times um, professionally in, in, you know, in, uh, f- in, in full Muay Thai rules, which allows for elbows, uh, knees. Um, leg kicks, head kicks, everything else, um, and so I mean, that's it. Kind of it sticks in the back of your head that like, dang, bro, you had your job broken, and here you are again. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do any of that again? No, nah, man, I'm too old, and um, <laughs> there's no, nah, abs- absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, what do you think about CrossFit? Um. I think it's a I think it's a young man's sport, and 
and I think you, with really good coaching and you, it's it can be good. Um, I guess like the problem with it, you'll see people they get really like good, they get really good comp- body composition, I guess. Um, but you just got to be careful anytime. So my whole thing about fitness now is basically like I want to teach people how to get into the right positions, right? Like what are the most efficient and therefore safest um, positions to be in and then how to maintain those positions, right? So like get into those positions as mobility and then maintain those positions as stability. Um, And it's all about like maintaining that correct joint alignment. Um, And I don't care about like to me exercise is really – all about daily life and and I guess um, what I would consider real sports. Um, so anytime you take you take something uh, like Olympic lifts and you're jamming people into these less than optimal positions over and over and over and over as fast as you can, as heavy as you can, as long as you can, um, it's you know you're like your joints are not in optimal positions and uh, it's just going to create a lot of wear and tear. That's it. But it's just, you know, CrossFit's a sport. So I think like as long as you recognize it as a sport, like let's say how you would consider boxing a sport and we realize getting punched in the face is not really great for you. Um, I think that's what you really need to, you know, take it as. Okay. Well, uh, what about, what else, Bark? Anything you want to share with us before we close it up? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I guess my, my, my thing, my biggest thing now that, that I have, um, business wise is, um, I'm, I'm taking, I got a whole bunch of video content that I've created and, uh, and now I'm creating a, um, an, a web app basically that, that takes single exercises and event, the intention is to basically like you can put in your goals and it's going to customize, um, a work. It's going to basically assemble a workout out of my exercise library based on the same rules that I would use if I asked you what your goals are. Uh, and then at the end of each workout, you're going to give me a little bit of feedback about how you like duration, intensity, and uh, just generally liked it. And it's going to customize your next workouts for you. Um, and that's going to be releasing January of 2017. And it's, it's going to be a start of that. It's, so like, it's not going to be as highly customized as I just described in the beginning, but that's the end goal, to, to create a, uh, a highly customized um exercise platform that that customizes your workouts from workout to workout based on user input that's awesome now i i may have misunderstood but january i think you said january of 17 did you but just so I'm sorry, know, january i've been in thailand too long i don't, I don't even know what year <laughs> well just so nobody gets confused that's listening and wonder when i recorded this <laughs> yeah 2018 um okay. but like if Whoever's interested in, I guess, my, my general approach to fitness and all that, um, I, I would say the, the easiest way to stay in contact or get in contact with me is uh, via Facebook, and that's facebook.com backslash bodyweight. Or just look up Mark Lauren. I got a personal account as well. Yeah, okay. Um, do you do any any coaching in person or online, or is this app going to be your online coaching type thing? Yeah, so um, – I do certifications in German-speaking Europe for for trainers and uh, physical therapists, and uh, in Ch- and in China and Japan as well. Uh, but as far as like one-on-one personal training, um, I just don't do it because, um, you know, I, I work on my products, books, DVDs, applications, and things like that, and uh, I just have far greater reach that way and impact. Well, great. There was actually, there's a ton more I wanted to ask you, but I'll, I'll, I'll save that for another time. I mean, I, okay. and there's some little things I wanted to pick your brain about, but, uh, one thing I do love about what you teach and I'm, and I'm looking at, you know, like your book, you are your own gym and is, uh, it's just, you don't have to worry about, uh, crap. I don't have any weights. I don't, I don't have a gym to work out in. I mean, you don't need that. There's so much you can do without going to a gym and, you know, and then I travel and I stay in hotels. Mm-hmm. And I know you do too. And uh, well, I got to ask you though, what 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 is what are some things you do when you travel to make sure you can work out? Is there a certain you know a certain hotels that you look that you have to stay in, or a certain location you want your your room to be in in the hotel? I mean, what what what's the deal? No, um, I mean it's bodyweight exercise. You you can um, I can get a fantastic workout with just a little bit of floor space. 
Um, and then, you know, like even if you want to do free weights, I honestly think uh, most most gyms have 50 pound dumbbells, and there's so much that you can do with 50 pound 50 pound dumbbells. Um, it's, I mean, I, I don't, I absolutely don't need a a full gym. Um, and if, if, if nothing else, you know, go outside and, and, and run a dozen hundred meters, um, sprints and, uh, and, and then do some bodyweight exercises and you've, you've had yourself a pretty great workout, I think. Good stuff. So that's, I mean, yeah, facebook.com forward slash bodyweight or just look up Mark Lauren. Yeah. You've got plenty of videos. You're online. You're easy to find. Uh, you also have another book. You are your own gym. Um, is it called cookbook? I've got it. Whatever it is, it came out. I got it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, body fuel. It, it's body basically fuel. Your, or the the you are your own gym um, cookbook, right? Yeah, yeah. That was so, so much book. That cookbook. I did not expect like Random House um, approached me about that, and I was just not expecting a a, a diet and a, a recipe book to be that much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm I'm a fan of what you teach and what you do, and also appreciate you serving our country, Mark, and um, I don't know, taking the fight. I mean, we didn't talk anything about your deployments or anything like that, but um, anyway, just know it's appreciated by, by me and by so many of our listeners. Yeah, well, thank you, Thad. And um, I appreciate what you're doing and uh, giving me the chance to, to um, speak to you. And uh, thank you for your uh, family sacrifice and everything that you guys are doing. While talking to Mark, I realized how I need to mix my workouts up a little more, and I need to get out and do some more running, some sprinting. I'm not—I don't really enjoy running that much, but go out and do some sprints and some bear crawls, or just work on some more functional movements more than I am, and just get out of the gym a little bit more. Uh, but anyway, I really enjoyed that. I hope you did as well. I kept trying to get, to get some specifics out of him, and and um, I know there's a there's plenty of his book has plenty of uh, pictures, and is and then of course you got just some great videos online where he can show you a lot of the exercises. So I encourage you to go check those out. And I would ask you to go please check out my page on Patreon. Uh, that would be uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash patriot to the core. Uh, Patreon is, is basically a platform where creators can solicit support from patrons. And uh, it, these are people that are artists, you know, they're musicians, they're YouTube videographers, I guess, video makers, uh, gamers. Uh, they're also podcasters and uh, a lot of other different types of creators. But uh, you can, you, some people offer something special in return if you if you do sign up as a supporter. Uh, I do offer some small, uh, I guess, some small incentives to be a supporter. But my mine are um, my op options are like two, five, and ten bucks a month if you support. And those different categories and you'll get something in return and uh, you'll see those listed if you just go to patreon.com and forward slash uh, patriot to the core i'd appreciate you checking it out anyway regardless thank you for listening and i appreciate your continued support in any way even just with the download those are huge so thank you mm -hmm.